Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name's Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. What's so funny? (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny over there? I just, I just missed you, man. I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen you in a little while. We haven't recorded a whole podcast in forever. But it's also, I just haven't seen you. I know. You've been I just gone. haven't seen you. I've been, I've been gone. You've been busy building and you're Clone Wars helmets. Leave again. I have been. You Captain have. Captain Rex. You have. And it looks good, dude. It looks oh, so good. I'm not going to lie. It really does look good. It's the coolest. And Ahsoka's coming out tonight. So I feel like there's no better time than to build a Captain Rex Stormtrooper helmet. Can you, for the, for the people on the YouTube podcast, can you turn uh, your just, camera? Can you, can yeah. you, can you show them the Captain Rex helmet? Dude, it's so nice. It's over there in the corner. It's not, it's not focused. If, if you want the behind the scenes access, check it's, out our Instagram. It's so nice, dude. It's, it's actually the coolest thing I've ever done. So how, how long does it take you to build a Stormtrooper helmet? This helmet from start to finish, print time, Putting it all together, all that stuff has taken me well over 80 hours. Or you can just go to like Star Wars Galaxy Edge or something like that and just buy it for like... <laughs> for like 30 bucks. For $300. <laughs> Dude, um, they're so expensive. They're stupid expensive, man. Mm-hmm. But like, so. I want one of their lightsabers so badly. Mm-hmm. I I'm, really, really do. I'm going to Disney in a couple months for vacation. And wow. the one thing I want to do is I want to build a lightsaber at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. And my Felicity, my wife, was like, I will give you $100 if you wear if you your, wear your helmet. <laughs> She's like, if you wear I will, it. I'll double that. I'll double that. I will, you will get $200. If, that'll, that'll pay for the lightsaber. But here's the thing. like, I want a picture. So there's like, y'all don't, y'all don't know this. When Victor made his first Stormtrooper helmet, there's there's a photo of him taking a selfie in the mirror like with an an anime shirt on thumbs up and full stormtrooper helmet on his Uh head and it is the funniest photo i've ever seen and he won't send it to me he won't show it to anybody but i'm like that would be my phone background i would put that on instagram i I would put that everywhere dude that picture is locked up in the archives it's gone i would uh I would pay $100 for you to wear your Captain Rex helmet. I'll keep it in mind. I'll keep it in mind. I was working on this Captain Rex helmet last night, putting all of the final touches on it. Last night, you were playing basketball. We had very different Monday nights. If if our Monday nights don't describe our personalities, I was like, you were painting a plastic (laughs) helmet, um, and I was playing basketball with washed-up 30-year-olds. Yes, yes. And you guys won. No, we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And you, and you know this. Why would you, <laughs> Sorry, why would you do that? To, I didn't mean to, to pour salt in the wound. No, we, uh, we lost, man. We lost bad. But it was like, this is like my first time playing like competitive basketball in a really long time. It was like the last time, the last time I played competitive sports was when I got kicked out of the seminary league for being overly competitive. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's tough. I, was, I, was, I, I had to I had to put a pause on basketball for a little while. <laughs> um, but it was like it was good. So like we were we were starting off and like man, this team, like our 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 men's club team, like we don't know each other's names. And so I'm like, we're just meeting each other. We're basically playing like glorified pickup ball. 
this team we're playing, um, they came in. Okay. One, they only spoke Spanish. So they were like calling out plays in Spanish left uh-huh. and right. And I'm like, I we're we're not even speaking the same language here. Like this is I, I can't pick up your plays. But the fact that they were calling plays, mm-hmm. I'm like, they're running sets. They practiced. They they had they practiced. I'm like, they had matching uniforms, they had a clipboard, and I'm like, Dang. We, we got the floor wiped with us. And so like we were up like maybe 14 6 at the beginning of the game. And I was I was feeling okay, and so like I um, I went to, to contest a shot on this one guy, and he flopped, and he's a little bit older than me, and I was trying to be. You were standing over him a little bit, and so he flopped on the floor and started complaining. I was like, "All right, old man, like don't don't do that. Get up." Um, and I said that, and I don't think he really liked that. And then I came down to the other end of the floor and then I hit a three and then I was like, all right, old man, come on. I was like, that's how you stand upright. When I tell you this man dropped 12 straight points on me. <laughs> it was, bro, he played D2. He played D2. I mean, what else do you expect? Bro, he came back down the court and he started, he started like muttering things in Spanish at me. And I was like, I know he, he was just cussing me out in Spanish, man. And I uh-huh. was just like. I mean, I didn't know he was good. Otherwise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Otherwise, talked you would have kept your mouth shut. Uh-huh. But then at the end, I was like, oh, he's good. He's good. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. That's why you got kicked out of the seminary league. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, That's man. brutal. That's tough. But no, hey, we, if, if, you, if you need someone to show up to your games with a clipboard and to call plays, I got you. I, just want I can you do to, that. I just want you to show up to one of my games, man. I'll bring a sign. That's, and sit in the crowd. I would... <laughs> I would love I'll nothing bring, more. I'll wear my Captain Rex helmet and <laughs> hold the sign up. <laughs> you don't that understand be, how much I would love that, man. That'd be amazing. It's just I just want to look over the on schedule. the side. Yeah, I'm like you sitting in your Clone Wars helmet with a poster that says "I love Reagan. sports." Plant yeah. <laughs> run play A. Yeah. I, Shoot. I love that, man. Um, <laughs> this has absolutely nothing to do with our intros, but half the times our intros have nothing to do with anything. Um, Victor, what are we talking about tonight, man? Yeah, so while you were on vacation, Amen. there was there was some time that you had to be, you know, just introspective, be thinking, and you wrote out the longest episode proposal I think you've ever sent me, but I think it's great especially coming off of the conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago just about vulnerable masculinity if you guys haven't checked out that episode you totally should it's a couple weeks ago i'll link it down in the show notes uh below but tonight we're going to be talking not about vulnerability but about how do you say it passivicity pa- passiveness passivicity That's hold up say, say, say that first word again passiveicity pa- oh now i'm now i'm gonna mess it up there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Dude, why did you just do that to me? It's passive. Yeah, yeah. Pa- yeah, yeah. Pas- passivity. Passivity. That's there you it. go. Passivity. There you go. Um, and just just how that has really plagued, I think, American and really just like men culture. Yeah. Um, and and unfortunately, I have some experience in this kind of like realm. And so I feel like this yeah. is a great opportunity for us to be a little vulnerable and just to share. I mean, to put what we talked about into practice a couple weeks ago and talk about passivity yeah. and Christian passivity in Christian men, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think this is, this is probably going to be more of like a confrontation conflict 
episode um, because the reality is when you're dealing with sinners, conflict is going to arise. Um, whether it's the best marriage in the world, the best team in the world, or just absolute chaos, you're going to be in conflict with people. Yeah. Um, so I think whether you're you're a guy or a girl, I think this can relate. But I think especially for for men, I think there's two polar opposites of this is I think I can't tell you how many times that I've been told that I'm not a man because I haven't addressed something either in a state of anger or like I'm doing this because I said so conversation over, which isn't always wise. Um, That like there's this like stereotype and trope of men that it's like I have to be overly aggressive and take charge and put my foot down so hard that you don't get an opportunity to speak and we don't have an opportunity to dialogue. And like that's how men are supposed to handle conflict. There's also the complete opposite side of that where it's like, no, I think like you look in, you look in Genesis three with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve and like Eve goes up, she eats some fruit she wasn't supposed to, but like, where's her husband, Adam, Adam is standing yeah. right next to her. And it's yeah. like, Adam is not responsible for Eve's sin. Like, that's not like, that's not how sin works. You're not responsible for my sin or vice versa. But like when when Eve took that fruit, there there was space for conflict like there should have been conflict in that moment and if humanity's first sin was pride men's first sin was passivity yeah they're like adam chose to not engage in conflict because he was afraid of the results but the reality is choosing to be passive in that moment led to much worse consequences that we see in genesis 3 with the fall them getting kicked out of the garden separated from god And so there was this phrase that kept popping into my head that like passivity hurts your relationship more than the conflict that you fear. Yeah. And so I think like, that's where it's like, one, I want to reject like the negative stereotype that like men have in confronting conflict, but also understanding that like the the flip side of that is a lot of men are just stuck in passive relationships and passive ways of handing conflict and that doesn't mean that you have to be overly aggressive and put your foot down all the time but it does mean that like there's spaces not everything is an argument but there are spaces to engage in conflicts in healthy ways and god honoring ways um that i think we can learn from scripture tonight so i think it'll be a good one this is also something that i'm like i think you and i are passive in both different ways yeah um and so you you mentioned you have some experience <laughs> yeah. in this, um, man. Like, what what does passivity look like in your life when it comes to conflict? Um, one thing that I think we should take as a quick note of encouragement is that passivity isn't new. Like, it's not a unique sin that you have committed. Um, yeah. Adam in the garden, Genesis three, like before there was no sin. Like that was the thing that Adam was tempted with and gave into. And well, even if, uh, would you call Abraham and Sarah going to Egypt yes. and like lying about like, oh, no, that's not my wife. That's my sister. Would you call that yes. passivity? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like like the I would say passivity like the omission. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. I'm not going to handle this uncomfortableness or this conflict. And I'm going to kind of go a back or around route. Yes. And just kind of avoid whatever's in front of me. And like usually that results in us being a little bit more quiet about these things. And when we're more quiet about these things, we deal with them in isolation. Yeah. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to 
he wants to make you feel isolated because once you've been isolated, the church can't help. Like yeah. in your brain, the way you, you know, process <clears throat> things, the church can't help because you're the only one dealing with this. But this is something that has existed throughout all of history and is not unique to you, which is an encouraging thing. Well, why, why is it that big of a deal? So like, what, what, what's the fruit of passivity? Yeah, I think the fruit of passivity is apathy. And when apathy overflows or when, when it boils up, you, you kind of like explode. And I'll use, yeah. uh, and I'll use an example from my own life. Um, I was hired as a student pastor at a really young age. And in my kind of like job development as a student pastor, I was surrounded by a lot of really strong personalities. And these yeah. were awesome people. I love them to death. But what resulted in that was me actually feeling a little intimidated. And so I actually wouldn't talk to my coworkers. I wouldn't be yeah. friends with them. I would I would kind of like take take steps away from people because I was just I was nervous about how they would perceive me, yeah. what they would think about me. And what happened was I became a really passive person. And so in meetings and and at work and with people, I would just really not do anything. And I was yeah. kind of just a warm body in those meetings. And it was really, Reagan, a conversation with you that I had in a van driving home from something. <laughs> and you were like, I remember you telling me. This was before we were like actually friends. Yes, this was like, this was probably like the start of yeah. some of our like friendship. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, man, you have to advocate for your kids. Yeah. And it's like the reason a lot of these people have strong personalities isn't because they're jerks. It's because they really care about their people. They yeah. want to shepherd them well. And so they're standing up and advocating for their people. And it took a shift because the way that I approached my ministry was very me focused, very, yeah. very me centered, which resulted in me being passive. Yeah. But when I realized that my ministry was actually more flock centered and therefore I needed to advocate for my flock. Yeah. I then started to see some of this passivity like die a little bit. It started, yeah. to, it started to pass away, but it took a shift. It took a shift from me focusing on myself to me focusing on the people that I yeah. had been commissioned to care for. And it wasn't until that shift happened that I really began to break out of the shell that yeah. I was in. And like, thankfully, I think the Lord has brought me to a place, you know, five, six years later, that is really cool. And I, yeah. I'm starting to really learn how to advocate for my people. But man, it is an ongoing process that is not easy. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the coolest things that I can affirm, man, is like I've gotten to see one that person like passivity is not a personality trait. It doesn't mean yes. you're quiet. Um, sometimes the loudest people in the rooms are the most passive ones because of the funniest ones and they don't want to, mm -hmm. they don't want to deal with whatever they have. So let's tell a joke, let's be loud and let's move on. And so yeah. it's like, it's not like the Lord give you a completely new personality, but it's like the Lord gave you a new perspective and that it's like, I may not be fully comfortable speaking up in these meetings with people that like, I really respect and I don't think I'm in the same position as them. But it's like, no, the Lord puts you in this position over those kids. Yeah. And you're the only one that knows what's going on in their lives. So like, you need to speak up. Like, who else is going to do it? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's like, it's one of those cool things that like, I think I've learned this in my time of student ministry too. Conflict is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, anyone in a healthy marriage or relationship will tell you that conflict is not a bad thing. Um, and... I think there's actually been a lot more harm. I think especially in student ministry 
when it's like, I have fear. I don't like conflict. Nobody likes conflict. I feel like if yeah. you're a psychopath, if you say like, yes, conflict, like no one likes conflict, but I've seen a lot more harm done in the times where it's like, I know I needed to have that conversation or I know I should have said this one thing to a student and I did it because like my passivity says like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I feel like yours might be more like fear-based or insecurity-based. Mine is like, more honestly, more self-sufficiency or just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And by the 70th time you say that it's fine, it's not fine. And you've let it go on in that kid's life for three, four more months than it probably should have. Yeah. And like, I remember like specific discipleship conversations I've had with students where it's like either a sin that I noticed or like something that they've said to another person like, Oh, I should have addressed that. And Looking back, I was like, I was so afraid of what that student would say to me mm. or how I would be perceived as like losing friendship in that student's life or like being less popular in that student's life. Like it's a fear of loss that yeah. lead me to not engage in conflict. And like that's passivity. I'm a very loud person, but like there's a very passive nature in how I've had to handle conflict. And so, but like, that's just something the Lord has had to sanctify, not only in my relationships, but like also in my ministry. Um, Cause the way I've seen it, like handled in like my friendships and my relationships with people is like, it's the same thing. It's fine. 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 And then by the 70th time, it's like, I told you to stop. And we go zero to a hundred and that 70th time doesn't deserve level 100. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's the buildup of these 70 things. And I'm like, bro, you could have just handled that on the second or third time. Like you don't need to address everything the first time. Not everything is a mountain. Like let that thing die. But you, you, your reaction doesn't equate the, what was just done against you. Yeah. Um, and that's a result of passivity. The conflict if handled well by both parties usually results in a stronger relationship. Oh yeah. Now there is some conflict that is kind of beyond conflict where like, yes, you should learn to forgive, but you shouldn't be in relationship with them. There there's instances for that. Yes. And amen. But even looking at marriage, it's like if the number one reason the divorce rate has skyrocketed over the past 15 years, even the past five years, yeah, is miscommunication, specifically miscommunication regarding money. It's yeah. not that yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. make enough money. Yeah. It's that you don't communicate well enough on what to do with that money. That's good. And that's why the divorce rate has skyrocketed. There are some other factors that take place, of course. But really, if you if you just learn to deal with conflict well and have open communication and deal with things when they happen... Yeah. then you are much more likely to come to an agreement and move forward. And yeah. That's how that's how it always happens. Thank goodness, like, I've grown a lot in this in my own marriage, but, like, yeah. thank goodness my wife will pry those things out of me because she knows we have to talk about it now because if we don't, it will boil and boil and boil and boil until one day it just is, like, the 70th time doesn't deserve 100%, yeah. but that's what happens. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a healthy distinction to make here, like, Conflict is not the purple heart of relationships. 
Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, we fight all the time. That means we're healthy. No, no, bro. Like, that's yeah. not, that's <laughs> just not what that means. Um, like, if the Lord blesses you in a relationship where it's like, there's not much tension. Great. Praise God. You and I just had this conversation yesterday where it's yeah. like, like conflict is not the measure of a healthy or unhealthy relationship. It's when conflict arises, what do you do? Yeah. Like that's the test of like, are you healthy or not healthy? So like there is like a, a healthy measure here of like, don't go seeking out conflict where there doesn't need to be conflict. Now you're just a bully and you're poking at wounds that don't need to be things. Also, this is just like a subtle tip. When something is like resolved, like you just said, and you have the conflict and it's dead, leave it's it dead. dead. Yep. Leave it dead. That's guys, that's girls, that's husbands, that's wives, that's students, directors, and our students. Like, yep. I, I can't tell you how many times like we I've like either witnessed or done this myself, where it's like a student has done something in the past, and I feel like we've held that over their head for the next like the Lord already forgive it. So why am I holding that over your head? Yep. Like, if it's done and the conflict is resolved, let it lie and move forward. Um yeah. So I guess like even going to this, how, cause the Lord, the Lord, I don't know if the Lord forgives and forgets. I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Yeah. Um, an omniscient God can't forget. Um, yeah. but it's like, so how do we actually like when conflict happens and say there is resolution, but you really pissed me off and I really pissed you off and like things were said like in an unhealthy way, man, where do grace and forgiveness factor into this? And like, how do we actually move forward? in relationships with one another. Yeah, I think, man, I think there, there's a couple things. One, I think we have this assumption that all conflict is arguments, like two people screaming at one another until you're tired and don't yeah. come to a resolution. That's not how all conflict looks like. A conflict can look tons of different ways, but man, if you are really in the heat of the moment and you are angry, yeah, the best thing to do is not act out of emotion and so you need to take some time. You need to take some time, go be with Jesus, go simmer down, go cool off, go remember the grace that has been poured out on you. Yeah. Go remember the love that God has poured out on you. Go remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us on our behalf. Go remember these things that are true from Jesus to you. Yeah. And then once you've remembered... Once you've spent time with Jesus, once you've kind of sat in awe of what he's accomplished for you, go back into the conversation with that at the forefront. Yeah. Like if we are to emulate Jesus, if we are to literally become more like him, be sanctified to look like Jesus, then the way that we treat others ought to reflect the way Jesus has treated us. That doesn't mean we leave conflict untouched, but it means yeah. that when we engage with it, we engage with it in a way that is grace forward, that yeah. is forgiveness forward. Man, it's tough to forget. And I agree. I don't think scripture teaches us that Jesus forgets our sin, but it does teach because that he, he paid he died the price for, our sin. for it. Yeah, he died yeah. for it. He definitely didn't forget it. And it's that's like why if, he was there. If Jesus paid the price for my sin, man, it's Jesus paid the price for the sin of the person I'm talking to as well. Yeah. And if that's good enough for Jesus, then it better be good enough for me. Yeah. And so it's like that has to be the starting point 
of that conversation. But I really think it means that we have to go simmer off, let our emotions subside. The emotions can't drive the train because yeah. if they do, they will derail us. Well, so I, I love this conversation particularly because I think you're getting two different personalities. So it's like, I don't even think there's a one size fits all for how do you even like reconcile after conflict. But yeah. I think, cause I'm probably more of like, we got to address this now. It's like, I don't necessarily need 15 minutes to simmer off. I'm like, I want to make sure we're on the same page and I want to yeah. make sure we're moving the same page. And I want to make sure like you feel love. I feel love. Like we're, we're, we're good. But also like your partner may not be in that spot. Your friend may not be in that spot. Like that other person, like they may not be ready to resolve conflict in the way that you are. And so it's like your way of resolving conflict is not copy and paste to every other person around yeah. you. And sometimes we try to resolve conflict in different ways than other people that produces more conflict. Yeah. Like I told you, yeah. I wasn't ready to talk about this. Why are we talking about this? But I think the flip side of what you were saying is like, I think sometimes the silent treatment is just as unhealthy as, so as arguing and screaming. And that's because like literally when you're arguing and screaming, you're withholding honestly love from that person in that moment. Yes. When you withhold your presence, your voice, when you withhold yourself from a friend or a spouse or a relationship, that is just as unloving yeah. as screaming your head off at them. So I love what you said where it's like, yes, if you're going to go take time, go take time, recenter. Like, yes, absolutely. Our ability to forgive, forgive others comes from understanding that we have been forgiven. But to your point, there always has to be a coming back together. There has to. And so for, for the person that's like, let, I need to work this out now. Patience, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, let the fruit of the spirit of patience be blossomed in you as you wait for that person who needs time to go process and get right with Jesus and think through their thoughts so that you two can come back together at a healthy place and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love you. This is stupid yep. and move forward. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll even use myself and my wife again as an example. I said that like Felicity, my wife, she likes to pry things out of me, which is great. Um, it also means she wants things to be like resolved then and there. Yeah. Immediately. Um, for me, I'm dumb. Like I'm not the smartest guy. And so I need time. I need time to understand my feelings. I need yeah. to, time to understand what I'm thinking. Like Reagan knows this very well because he's similar in some sense is that I'm a verbal processor. I need to like talk things out before I can like fully comprehend what I'm feeling and thinking. Yeah. And like that takes time. Um, my wife hates that. Yeah. And so we learned this very quickly in our marriage when there was a type of conflict and I retreated. I was retreating with the full expectancy to come back and resolve this conflict, but she yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. So she was pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to get whatever whatever conflict there was boiling out. She, she thought you were running away. She thought I was running away. And so yeah. what had to happen was communication even within our conflict. Yeah. Like we've had to come to the point where it's like, hey, I need That's good. some time. That's good. I'm going to go. I need you to know that I'm not ignoring you, that I'm not withdrawing from the way that you're feeling, that I'm not even upset with you. Yeah. I just need a couple moments to go figure this out mentally because I don't want to say something that I don't actually believe to be true. No. And this is like, there's a lot of wisdom in what you just do. And this may take us in a completely different direction here. So I apologize. 
but I think you and I are both verbal processors and there is, um, whether it's with our students and things that happen there, or it's with, um, our relationships and our partners, what is the difference between verbally processing and gossip Mm. that it's like, there are some things that like, I don't need to tell you whether it's with, you know, Alyssa or with students or whatever, like, what's the line between, oh, I really need to talk to my community or man, I need to bring that to the Lord. And that's actually not something for everybody to hear. Like, how do you know the difference between the two? Dude, I think that's a whole, that's a whole podcast. That's a, that's a whole, that's a whole different itself, thing. Because that's there's a just a lot thing. there, but yeah. I think, I think there's a line and I think we have to be very intentional with finding that line. And if we put effort into finding that line, one, that's a phenomenal first step because we're at least aware of the fact that something could turn into gossip. Yeah. That's step one, right? So that's yeah. huge. But man, I like, I think it was kind of revolutionary when I don't know where I heard this may have been a sermon, may have been a conference. I don't know. But like you can be talking well about someone and that still be gossip. And that was kind of a, a turning point for me because it's like, do I talk more well about a person behind their back than I do to their face? Like, is there encouragement that I'm actually withholding from them that they may need to hear? And I'm like, man, I've never actually thought about it that way. Um, and that's where like there's a kind of a twist in the way that I engage yeah. with others to where it's like if I'm going to talk well about you to someone else, I'm actually first going to talk well about you to you. Yeah, um, because you may need to hear like the encouragement. And so I don't think that answers your question, but I do think it brings up a, a, another side of it to where yeah. I mean, if we're talking about people, whether it be in a positive light or a negative light. Man, I think we have to be wary of the fact that it could turn into gossip. Yeah. I think when we start attacking, hurting, putting someone on a pedestal in terms of their character. Yeah. That's when, like when we start to make judgment calls. Yeah. Based off of someone's action or what something does. Man, if like, if a buddy hurts me and I just need to process that hurt for a second, that's fine. But then when I begin to say, actually, he's a really bad person because of what he did to me, that's a judgment call and that's unwarranted. And so maybe that's where the line is. I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Um, I I don't know the line. I think I literally asked you this question like a couple of days ago. It was yeah. like, I don't know. Cause I think it was a similar thing. I called you, something happened. And I was just like, I went off and I was like, Hey, am I gossiping right now? And cause like there, there just is, it's like, especially for verbal processors, it's like, this is happening and here it is coming out of my mouth. And it's like, you just kind of find the closest person that you trust. And it is so easy to slip into gossip. Yeah. But I do think you, you bring up, an interesting point on gossip there that it's like, I never thought of like withholding encouragement as gossip that mm. it's like, cause the, the root of gossip is I'm saying this to somebody else and I'm not saying it to the person that it really right. should be going to in the first place. Like that's probably right. the root of root definition of gossip. So I'm either telling something bad or frustration to somebody else that it really should be going to you because my conflict is between you and me. It's not between me and this other person. Right. Right. Same way with encouragement. I'm telling this encouragement to somebody else when it really should be between you and me because maybe the Lord put that on my heart to bless you because you've been really discouraged in the season. Like maybe there's a, a larger view of gossip there that I'm like, okay, first and foremost, if the conflict, if the words that I'm saying 
if they haven't been addressed with that person, I'm not going to go and share it with somebody else. And even also just, yeah. and, and, and just there's general wisdom in who you share things with too. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's like there, there is not, there are things that I will tell you that I will not tell my next three closest friends. I'm like, there, there's, there's a hierarchy. Jesus with his disciples. He yep. had the three, he had the 12, he had the crowds. I'm like, there's a hierarchy here of, of things that we share with people. Yeah, it's like you need to pick those those people wisely because like you asked, is this gossip? And I was able to answer you. No, yeah. I don't think it is. Yeah. Or yeah, actually I think we're maybe crossing a line and should stop. But it's like if you don't if you don't have people around you that can speak that truth into a conversation, man, you're talking to the wrong people because yeah. that is the that's the type of maturity that you need to be surrounding yourself with. One to call yourself up to because yeah. that's huge. But it's also just like it's good and beneficial to have godly people surround you and yeah. they should be your friends. And like, I don't know, I think there is a way larger conversation about like gossip and friendships and all that stuff that we could have that we could well, have on another. I'll, episode. I'll say this. Maybe we go into a part two of gossip in the next episode. But we have a lot of students in our local ministry that listen to this podcast. Hey, y'all, we love you guys. Um, the number one issue we have in student ministry is gossip. Like the number one issue yep. we have is gossip. Um, a lot of the times new people don't feel welcome because of gossip. Our small groups feel divided because of gossip. And so one, that's just like, that's for you and me. That's for all of us as followers of Jesus is like, check our own hearts. Like search me, oh God, know my heart, try my thoughts, see if there's any grievous way in me and lead mm -hmm. me in the way everlasting. There should always be a self-examination because like we just talked about churches this past week, the heart is deceitful and out of yeah. the abundance of the heart speaks the tongue Yep. and the lips are wicked. So the things that we say, the encouragement that we withhold and the bitterness that we spew to those who are closest to us and image bearers does more damage than anything else that we could do. So it's like. For us, for students, for followers of Jesus, it's a time to check our own heart, but it's also a time to not be passive when you yep. see gossip happening. Mm. Stand in that conflict. I know you're afraid to step into that conflict and say something. I'm there a lot. I have not done this perfectly, but there is a greater fear on the end of not of not engaging in that conflict than there is in the one that you feel in engaging that yep. conflict right now. Um, so step into that gossip when you see it, shut it down. Y'all, if you guys want a part two to this, where we talk more about gossip and friendships and small groups and what that looks like in a healthy church environment, small group environment, man, let us know, email us, let us know on Instagram, let us know on TikTok. You can find us on TikTok at Reagan Jones 97 and at rotsiv157. If you want to check out the video podcast, you can check out on YouTube, The Social Student Pastor, and you can see the amazing Captain Rex helmet that I've been 3D printing. It is almost done. It'll soon be behind me. See that spot right there, Reagan? See it? Right there, that's, that little That's empty, where it's going. That's where it's going. That's where it's going, right Right there. next to your Funko Pops. Right next, I have a lot of Funko Pops. You, you do. <laughs> you do. I have um, none. Guys, Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being here. We are thankful for each of you, and we will catch y'all in the next one. Until then, take care, and God bless. We're doing a part two. I'm I'm fired up in my spirit. Man. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm fired I'm, up in my spirit. I'm gonna look. Man, Captain Rex looks good.
I'm gonna go watch Ahsoka. That's right. It's on.